BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are all built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Listen up, NBA fans. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up using code TBE. Select between two and six NBA players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Track your picks and play against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now using code TBE and take on the competition with your best NBA player picks. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, please visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. That's how we own it! What's good, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where, where the streets, streets and politics, politics meet. meet. What's going on, my son, Lennon? How you doing today? A new city. I am blessed and highly favored. New city. We've moved on from LA to New York to now we're in, uh, where are we at? In we're Nola. in NOLA. 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 Yes. Shout out to NOLA. Shout out to the Essence Fest. You know, um, Black people. A bunch of Black people 
just out here doing what they do, man. So it's always good. Yeah, today starts the concerts and uh, the convention center has opened. And for the next few days, people will be actively being Black, learning about our culture, eating food that we like, uh, buying products, supporting Black businesses, um, you know, listening to health conversations, listening to social justice conversations. There's a panel on voting rights, seeing celebrities, um, all that. It all happens at the Essence Music Festival. The Essence Festival is now what they call it. They drop music because it's, it's in a whole experience. It's, it's a whole experience. It ain't just no music no more. Yeah, and going to the, uh, to the concerts at night, which is a highlight this year. I think Janet Jackson is coming back. Um, and, you know, I know they're going to have Mary because that's some, if you don't have Mary at Essence Fest, like, what are you doing? And I think the other thing that happens is that there is a very um, intentional celebration of Black women at the Essence Fest. Right? Even I mean, Black men. Essence Magazine is pretty much this yeah. celebration and an exaltation of Black women. Well, I, I think I was telling you that a man told me, he said, yeah, he was on the plane. I said, you working this weekend? He said, oh, yeah, no, I, I was working, but I'm not anymore. He said, but I'm going to work all right, because I'm going to get me one, two, three women down here at the Essence Fest. I said, well, come oh, on. Then. He got he, he to go. A man with a plan, man. It's a man with a plan. Three, not two, not one. Three. So three. I'm, I get it. And I bet you there's three that's that want to be they want to be with him too listen man like i said man a man with a plan is a man that's gonna get what he can <laughs> whatever <laughs> so um yeah i'm you know um my mother passed away and in the next week i've been just going over getting this tattoo of her face and uh, I'm trying to find like a really good tattoo artist. I want to put this tattoo on my arm and underneath it say Trisha's son in, in remembrance. But I also want to put my grandmother's because I didn't, my grandmother passed away when I was locked up and I always wanted to do it. So those are pretty much the two most influential people in my life, you know, who nurtured me and gave me levels of confidence and things that I don't think I would have without them. So. I've been thinking about that the last couple of weeks. I wanted to do it at first, you know, when she first passed, but I was, I thought it was too emotional, you know, it was too emotional a time for me. So that's, that's what I'm working on. I don't know why, but it's something that I want to do. Like, and I don't do, I got a couple of tattoos. I'm not like a tattoo person. So it's not like a normal thing, but these is tattoos that I really want to, you know, just really make sure that they're done right. They're not tattoo person but you got a full like whole thing across the top of your chest I got, in in comparison i got four tattoos yeah right? but they're big like i got i'm not a tattoo person i have one thing which is my son's name right here you have something stretched from one side well, of your chest to the other your well i originally i wanted to um i wanted to make my body into a, a general's uniform, right? So what you're talking about is, this is the the um, collar that goes around the general's uniform. If you look on the general's uniform, you'll see these, these medals on the top. 
on each side. And then on, I have the, the seal of the general on each soldier, I mean, on each shoulder. So I was going to put like the badge with all of the purple hearts and all those things. I was going to ma literally make it into a uniform, but I realized I wasn't like really a tattoo person at that time. You know, I got, <laughs> the, that's when I realized it. And I was like, you know, I don't really want to just be getting tattoos and tattoo my whole body up. So I stopped. But I'm so glad something stopped you from doing that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I know a lot of people who have hundreds of tattoos. Like I got friends, they got 50 and 30 and 40 and hundreds of tattoos. So I'm not really a tattoo person, but when it has some level of value of significance to me, you know, I want, like, I wanted, to, I want to see my mother's face when I look down. I want to see my grandmother's face on, on right here on my forearm. So th those are things that, I mean, it might, you know, it's a, it's, it's going to be a little bit of pain, but. You're an old man. You're an old man now. I know old man. It's different when you become an old man. When you, so, when you, the older you get, the harder your body gets. So you, nah, you get more accustomed to pain. You can't take certain things anymore because nah, I was you sitting, get more accustomed you know, I, to pain. I'm saying I've, I've dealt with levels of pain and things that I thought I never could survive and I survived them. So it ain't really that much different. Well, I was sitting on the plane yesterday and out of nowhere, my knees just started hurting. And I'm like, I'm sitting down. I'm not even walking. Like, what is wrong with my knees? That's just what happens when you get to be over 40. So you you are old man now. I don't know, but I think it's beautiful. I think you pick the right pictures. Make sure you get you know exactly what you're looking for. And to your point, you need a good tattoo artist, which is not easy to find because everybody thinks they the best and they great, and then their work looks like stuff just mumbled together, jumbled together. So I hope you find the right person. You should actually put a call out on the gram. Um, to find a makeup, makeup, a tattoo artist who can recreate what you're looking for. I mean, I've seen a couple, so and a couple of my friends have tattoos that I've seen done, and I like the quality and the detail of it. So you know, I'm gonna reach out to them and get some, try to get those connections. Is it expensive? I mean, it depends. It depends on who does it. You know, tattoos. You know, they range in prices, depends on who does it. Some people, sometimes the, the other couple of tattoos I got, I actually never paid for a tattoo, mm. right? I had tattoo artists that were dope that wanted, you know, cause I had a level of a platform and celebrity that they wanted people to, to mm. see the art that they did on me. So like, yo, just let people know I did it, take a picture, you know? So it depends, it all depends. I saw one guy, did you see the guy who tattooed cockroaches all over his chest? Yes, yeah, stupid shit ever. Like what? He must have yeah. been high. He it was, was extremely high. Like and he was what, made no sense. None whatsoever. So let's get into the news stories. We have a pretty um, deep interview that we're doing today with Brittany Griner's childhood friend, who is like her sister. They actually call um, one another sisters, and she's like one of the closest people outside of. Um, Sherelle, Brittany's wife. And so she's coming on and we want to give her a lot of time because the sister, she's got a lot to say. Um, and so I want to get into these news stories quickly. There's two things that happen. Uh, we get, we'll get two stories from the national news and one from Instagram news. Um, the, 
the two stories, unfortunately, and you know, I, we were really all of the folks who work with us, Precious, who helps us to kind of think through, um, you know, what our rundown of the show will be. Uh, and certainly I was doing it, trying to find like, what are some positive things that have made the press this week, things that we want to talk about. And it's like, yo, you, you can't ignore these stories that keep coming out about um, Black men being killed by the police and, you know, or being harmed significantly by the police. Uh, and it's sad because it's like, it's like you feel like it kind of dies down and then we are always back in the situation. And it seems like these situations get worse and worse and worse because George Floyd, we all know, was one of the worst that we've actually seen with our eyes. Now you have Jalen Walker, who's in Akron, Ohio, where, by the way, my family lives there. Many members of my family are in Akron. Um, and I don't even have the capacity to sit and read the details of what the police say. I don't know. And I'm sure my others have been posted and I'm gonna have to understand it at some point. But to date, what I do know is 60 shots were fired at Jalen Walker that hit him in his face and all over his body. That's what I know. And the reason why I said, I don't know the story is because, you know, I know enough. I'm able to, to pick up in enough places if he was shooting at somebody or if he had robbed a bank and had an old lady, you know, or, or excuse me, an elderly woman held hostage or if he had a child dangling over a bridge, like I, I know I would have seen that. I would have seen that. Ooh, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm like a hundred percent sure. And I could be wrong. You might know. And somebody else may know, but I'm a, I'm pretty sure he did not do anything that called for 60 shots that hit that boy all over his face, his, his, his face and his body mutilated him. No. Now, uh, did you hear? There's never, there's never, a justification for that you know what i'm saying especially when there's no weapon found right especially when you're running from the police and and and, and we and yet we always try to find people that want to justify it and say well i need to know the other part of the story and i need to know what happened before this happened that's always the, well what happened before this y'all y'all only showing us this piece of the thing and it's always the same same sad song you know and 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 it ultimately ends in the death or, you know, the severe injury of one of our people, man. So my, my, my prayers go out to them. Hopefully he gets justice. Hopefully those officers are brought to justice. You know, I, I know what they're on unpaid leave right now or paid they're leave. on administrative leave. Administrative leave. Probably you, means probably being that paid. they're being paid. Yep. Which probably same old, same old tune, man. And so now the city has canceled some of their festivals and other things that, um, you know, supposed, you know, things that they do in the summer in Akron and all over the country, they've had to cancel those occasions because they are concerned about um, uprisings. And I'm just so tired of it. Then, you know, we learned uh, last week while we were interviewing uh, Ben Crump, and now I've, I've actually talked to him about it, Randy Cox in Connecticut. The, basically, the police did the same thing to him that they did to Freddie Gray. They put him in the car without strapping him in with his seatbelt, with his hands behind his back. And basically, he broke 
I think they say he broke his neck, but certainly he's, you know, he's paralyzed for, um, from his neck down for the rest of his life. Um, they, there's video footage of the officers asking him, hey, what's going on with you? You know, what's happening? He's like, I can't feel my body. I can't feel my legs. I can't feel. And they're like, yeah, you know, okay, we'll just kind of like sit up. You'll be okay. But they, they took him on. What's that called? The joy ride or the rough ride or what y'all call it? Rough that? ride. They call it a rough ride. A rough ride. And so now this, this, this man, um, you know, is paralyzed. And again, I don't know. Because I, I just, you know, between us going, traveling, we've been dealing with Brittany Griner. We've been engaged in another thing that we can't talk about right now. People don't, I, mean, I saw somebody on the internet yesterday. Um, oh, you look cute. Because, you know, I posted a picture of me at the BET Awards. And they said, oh, you look cute. But uh, do you even do activism anymore? Or are you uh, a socialite now? Are you trying to be a socialite? I'm like, if people knew, you know, because you know how, you know, last week was a tough week. Like I was busting my behind before the BET Awards, the next day afterwards, working on stuff, planning a prayer vigil for Brittany Griner, handling proposals for other big things that we have that we're working on. Um, it's just so much and people just don't know. And I think that folks believe that if they don't see you sitting there on your computer or look like you're crying and beat down, they don't believe that anything is happening, but we actually have so much. So with everything, with me researching Griner, reading up on uh, Russian laws, talking to lawyers about what they think and how we should approach getting in this fight, deal, you know, calling Sheila Jackson Lee, the congresswoman from Texas, doing all of that, I didn't feel like reading the streets of more Black men killed, but I looked enough not seeing them say, oh, Randy Cox drove his car into a senior citizen center and therefore they nabbed him and this happened. I, it's not there. I don't believe it's there either. I very rarely see it. Sometimes there's justification, but for the most part, I think that police have decided that their emotions and, their, and how they feel about situations supersede justice. And we see it often enough. And the fact that they're able to say, oh, I felt this was happening, or oh, I was scared, or this and that. And I didn't know in those things are defenses, it, it means that it's going to continue to happen. Right. You know? So until we till we have something, a system set in place that makes you accountable, fully accountable for when you do things that are completely wrong, when people lose their lives and people are paralyzed, then we're going to keep seeing the same things. Yeah, it's got to be a better way. It just, it, it does. And we say that all the time. And I don't think that we're giving it today the full attention, but you know that over the coming days, we will. Um, we'll, we'll have more to say. And of course, we'll follow the lead of those people who are on the ground in Akron, Ohio, and in Connecticut leaders. I know Scott Esdale is in Connecticut. Um, and, you know, uh, he's president of the New Haven, I think, chapter, maybe it's not New Haven, I might be wrong, of the NAACP. Um, and, you know, and also the, the, the regional um, president, I mean, regional leader, I forget the exact titles, but he has a lot of influence there in Connecticut, and we're going to take everyone's lead. And, you know, we'll have more to say to break down the details, but I'm like trauma whipped. I really am. I'm trauma whipped. Like, I feel like it, there's just so many cases, so much that's happening that people don't, again, you, you don't think about the totality. And that's with everyone's work. 
we don't always think of the totality of what the government is dealing with or what, you know, different individuals, they have a lot to deal with every day. And, you know, just sitting thinking about uh, Stanley Davis III. Stanley Davis III, 13-year-old boy, deserves justice. He deserves, the officer who him still has a job, still hasn't been fired in Boynton Beach, Florida. He was killed by a rogue officer with a rap sheet, a rap sheet of times, including two other times where he performed high-speed chases and another child and another individual were killed, right? And he still has a job. So that is something that requires our work and attention. I got a text message today from Tanisha Chappelle's family asking, can uh, Until Freedom be there for the anniversary of their sister being uh, killed basically by police, I mean, by, by jail officials, by the CEOs not giving them her medical attention and who even knows how she got sick. And that's in, in, in where well, they live in Kentucky, but it happened in Indiana. There's just too much trauma. It just is. And, you know, I hope people are mentally taking care of themselves uh, and doing whatever they can to kind of separate from the trauma at times, but not to separate so much that we're not fighting because we have an obligation to fight. And speaking of obligation brings me to, I said we would do our national news story and then our uh, Instagram news story. Uh, last week, a big thing broke out uh, that has been going on all week on, well, yeah, on uh, whether or not the father of one child in a house with three other children was wrong for bringing McDonald's only to his child and not the other kids in the house. They, it was a whole thing, you know, was he wrong? And what was really probably disturbing, I know it was disturbing to me. And again, I didn't even watch the video, but I heard enough about what was being stated um, that I, I know that what took place was not appropriate for a mother to go online and basically degrade the man, throw the food on the ground, put it on video and send it out to the world. That to me is completely inappropriate and there's no excuse for it, none. And I'm not gonna sit here and say, well, but you know, I get that she's frustrated. It doesn't matter, it's wrong. It should not happen. We got enough uh, issues with black men even showing up to be with their children and the barriers in that sometimes are created um, by the world and then also sometimes by mothers uh, where they are uh, putting all of these different obstacles in the way for fathers to be able to see their children. So the fact that uh, the father even showed up, right, is even there is important. And I have to say that, I wanna make sure I say that from the beginning, but I was going to weigh in as my thought of the day on this specific question of whether or not a man uh, should bring, or if he is obligated to bring food to all the children in a house when he comes to bring, to feed his own. And I think he should. I think my, uh, if I had to give my vote, because it certainly is a split conversation. I, I happened to be on the phone with my sister and my god sister, and they were arguing back and forth about who's right and who's wrong. But I do believe that uh, if you, especially because we later learned that, and I did see this video, it popped up on my feed, where the same mother was talking about, uh, you know, how this man 
had been there with her children in the past, that these three children are his, her first children that he knew when he met her and he had been involved in taking care of those kids and doing things for them and feeding them and whatnot in the past. And I think that um, my perspective is that when, when, when we use the use of the word and I saw people saying, oh, he doesn't have an obligation. I think that's one of the problems with our society is that we don't feel obligated. We don't feel obligated when a woman is being beat down on the street by a man or, you know, being robbed or whatever, and we're just standing there watching. We don't feel obligated when police are, you know, arresting somebody. We don't feel obligated to stand by and film what's going on. And we certainly, and those situations are people you don't know, but you certainly should feel obligated to do what you can for the children who are the siblings of your child. And it is not to say buy them all fancy things or give them a bunch of stuff, but in the black family, in the black community, it has always been very clear that when you show up with food, you don't come to a house to feed, you don't come to the house with food just for yourself and not make sure that everyone else eats. And I think as a man, as a father, um, it, I personally believe that if you come to bring food for your child, you should bring it for all, or you should take your child out of the house, take them on the little trip to McDonald's, do what you're gonna do and bring your child back, but never let your child eat what other children are not. And, and I, I pretty much, I don't have any real disagreement with what you're saying because I would never do it. Me personally, I would never do it. But my only issue with the conversation was the word obligation, right? And the word obligation is something it is difficult for a lot of people, right? Because a lot of men be like, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm not obligated. It's like you helping somebody. It's like if I have enough money to help my friend, right? People, your friend will call you, right? And feel obligated, yo, you got money. Why you don't give me to pay my rent? You know, you my friend, you got money. You, you, you should be able to give it to me. You should make sure I'm good. You should make sure I'm doing this. It's a letable entitlement, right? The word obligation means that somebody else is entitled to something that you have, right? And in my, in my opinion, if I didn't make these children, right? You're not entitled to anything from me, right? What I, what I do for those children is out the kindness of my heart because I'm a, a man of a certain caliber. And the reality is every man is not of that caliber. And if you decide that you're dealing with men that are not of that caliber and you have expectations of them that is beyond the caliber of that individual, whose fault is that at that point, right? Whose fault is that? I, it's, there's a bunch of friends. Like I, I see a bunch of famous people, rich people all the time talk about how their family feel like they obligated to pay their rent. That because I'm rich, I'm supposed to give you money because you know I have it. Because if I, if I just call you every week for $500, because you're my friend and, and we're family and, and I want to make sure you're good, I should give it to you? Am I obligated to do that? Is there an expectation for me to do that, right? So this is what I'm trying to say. In this situation, this man knowingly made one child. Knowingly, he, he, he made this child and said, okay, this is what my obligation is. I'm obligated to make sure that this child is good, right? It's just like a mother say, like the, the argument is, well, woman sue a man that made a challenge and said, yo, you should be paying all my bills, 
No, my, my obligation is to my child. Like when, when the relationship dis, um, dissipates and is over, right? I might've, it dissolves or whatever. I might've been doing things within that relationship that I felt obligated within that relationship, right? I might have done things for those kids and you because that was my obligation to that relationship. There are men who feel when they're no longer in that relationship, they're no longer obligated to the things that they would do in that relationship. Only thing they're obligated is to things that are completely theirs. And that man felt like, this is my child. Now, I wouldn't do that. If I'm bringing food to a child, it's cool. But the word obligation to me is, is a false narrative. It's not a reality. Yeah. You know, because- and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that the only way our communities uh, can ever become whole is the use of the word obligation. So do you feel and like I, you you feel like you're obligated? obligated? I you feel, feel absolutely obligated. So listen to me. Do you feel that you you break up with a man, he has kids. Those kids don't have anything. They they they, the they, they have, I mean, okay, well, listen, you used know, to take man. care of those kids, you used to give these kids a, a weekly allowance. When you was in a relationship with that man, you gave him a weekly allowance. When that relationship ends, are you still obligated to give those kids a weekly allowance? So I'm, I, I want this to be very clear because I think what we do, um, all of us, is that we start to add a lot of elements to conversations that actually are not about the conversation. The conversation is very specific. We add a lot of things to conversations that is actually not what we're talking about. Okay. Conversation is not about allowance. We're not talking about Christmas. We're not talking about friends. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about food and what food means, right? Food means love. Food means nourishment, right? And especially if you at one point lived or you were a constant person in children's lives, you do not feed one without feeding the others. That is a fundamental thing. I'm not talking about whether or not you should have to give. No, you can give your child allowance and you may not be able to or even want to give the rest of the people allowance. And I noticed also when you were speaking, you were like, whose fault is that? Because she and she, we're not talking about she. Remove her from the situation. But you can't already, remove her when she's the one with the issue. But we've the already, no, no, no. But we Because there's some women don't, who don't believe that he's obligated. But what, but there are I, women I, who we're don't. Not talking about, we're not talking about women. We're talking about your opinion and mine. And we we're talk, not talking about, I'm not talking giving, about. But my opinion and your opinion has to be based on the totality of a situation. No, no, no. But right? it, because if we just give our opinion based on us as an individual and we're not giving it from perspectives that are are different than ours or understanding other people's perspectives so you can bring it into space so that the conversation can be in full it's not really a conversation no, no, no. but what i'm saying to you is that i'm not I, i'm not here to try to analyze right that she did this and she said this and she said that i'm here to narrow down to one point should a man or a woman who has been involved in the lives of children, which by the way, you also said, I had a child, I made a child with you, but that's a problem that we get ourselves into as human beings, right? Is that we go have children and particularly our brothers. Our brothers get themselves in situations when when the shit is cool and it's good and it's popping and have babies with people who already have babies. 
So when you meet a woman and she has children that are from a previous relationship or previous relationships, you now are putting yourself in a situation where you're having a child that is a sibling, that is a sibling, not just your child. That is, you know, it's very similar to what we want to see uh, people do for Brittany Griner, what we want to see people do for Breonna Taylor. We're asking people to step out of their comfort zone to be engaged with the community. And when your child is a sibling in a community, other kids is a community, you do not feed. I'm not talking about buying sneakers. I'm not talking about uh, uh, you know, taking them on every vacation. Although I think you should if you was doing it before, if you can't afford it. I'm talking about bringing food. It's in, in, in every Black household, right? I know with, with, um, in my family, people got children by other folks, but they married to my grandparents. They're, they marry in and they bring other children with them. Those ain't my grandparents' uh, grandchildren. Those are my mom and dad or my aunts and uncles' grandchildren. But when those children are around, they do for them all. They feed them all. You don't feed one without feeding others. That's just, or, or remove your child. You take your child, say, I pick, I'm picking my child up from four to six on Thursday. We go into McDonald's. You don't got to say that. You don't even got to say what you're doing. You don't tell nobody. That's y'all thing. And you teach your child while you out. Hey, and by the way, guess what? Me, like you said, you and I are different. Me and my child going to McDonald's, when we leave, you gonna get you another little 20 piece and take it home to your brothers and sisters. Yeah. If you can. If but that's I can. what I'm trying to tell you. And what I'm, I'm trying to explain to you is that is, that is a choice, Tamika. Right, that is a choice that we've made based on our upbringing, based on how we feel about things. Right, but the word obligation means entitlement. Right, obligation no, means mean somebody it. else is entitled. If you, if I'm obligated to do something to you, that means you're entitled for it to happen. But we, but but my son, I think that that's the problem with the whole conversation, right? Yeah. Because what I'm trying to do is elevate the conversation to whether we are obligated to our people. And if we are obligated to our children, and if we are obligated to the mental capacity and what we as adults, when we make decisions, we hurt or help, we hurt or heal, we cause confusion, and all of us are guilty of it in one way or the other by things that we do. That's life. We know it. You know what I'm saying? If you, you, you could work too much, like my child was harmed because I was working all the time and I wasn't able to give him some of the things that he needed as a kid growing up. So we hurt and we heal, right? I'm saying that we do have an obligation. The obligation is not about the entitlement piece the way you're speaking of it, because I understand what you're saying. Like, I, you, you think you're entitled, like I'm supposed to just do? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying the obligation as a man that I want my child to be in a healthy environment with other children that feel loved. That's because this is a community. And that is the obligation. 
So I'm not, and I guess you said you made the point, which I agree with, that I'm trying to remove the convo from the context of a dialogue that many people are having. And you're sitting in the middle of the dialogue, understanding that there are people like, oh, you know, he's supposed to, and you're saying he's not supposed to. I'm asking us as men and our men, raise the level of standard to that and make it an obligation, right? I saw on Fathers Alive in the Hood, um, their Instagram page, they said something that I thought was powerful. And that was, if you can't bring McDonald's, bring groceries, but feed every child. We feed every child. So that's my opinion. That's my thought. No, and, I, and I agree. I just, I just want, you know, just based on the whole situation and the context of it, I just want it to be a, a well-rounded, thought-out situation because in certain situations, people will use this as some level of entitlement and use the word obligation. And, and I realized that I'm only obligated to do what I know is right, right? I'm only obligated to do what I feel is the right thing to do or what, what I'm bound to do, right? I'm only, if I make children, I'm obligated to take care of those children. If I decide that it's another kid down the block that I want to take care for and I've decided to do it, then those That's things- wrong. But I hear what you're saying, but the and thing I, is- And I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's wrong because you're saying there's another child down the block and, and, I, and I know why you're doing that. Because your instincts are telling you to separate that child far enough down the block. But we're not talking about a kid down the block. We're talking about sitting right there, sleeping right next to. And that, and that, and that you see what I'm saying? That's what makes the difference. And a child that at one point, you was around. You fed them. You was there with them. We're not talking about down the block. You are not obligated to down the block. But you damn sure are obligated to make sure your child grows up in an environment and has an attitude of service, so, of sharing. But do you realize what that, nobody knows what that man is dealing with. That man might be in a new relationship with a woman that got three kids, right? That he See, got to take it. But, but my son, I already told you, take your child out the door to McDonald's. That's it. This is, this, there's two scenarios that can work. You don't have to do nothing for those kids even though I feel that's wrong. And I still feel when a child comes back from McDonald's, he ought to have two or three little but things. In that situation, that man asked him to bring, bring my kid, well, bring him out here then. Okay. Bring him out but, here so but, I can feed him out he, here. But, but and again, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to, because I think again, the way that she handled it is wrong from start to finish. So I, I'm not, see what I'm saying? You see how I'm offering. But I get it. And I'm saying, I woman, think, but I'm I don't, but that's what I'm trying wrong. to tell you. I think in this situation, him just bring the she was triggered by him just bringing food to and that's what i'm saying it was the fact that he brought the food and then it becomes oh bring my child outside no 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 no. don't even do thursday from four my child calls me up and said oh daddy i want something now thursday four to six i'm gonna pick him up we going to mcdonald's now when we at mcdonald's we having a conversation hey you know you know, I'm, I'm making sure you get your McDonald's today, your brothers and sisters, you make sure you take them these, this I'm saying what I would do, chicken nuggets or whatever, or what you do. But uh, if right? you're going to do that, you don't even got to do that. If, okay, but wait, wait, wait. No, you but you, bring but food you, over there. If you just bring your food, you could. bring it for everybody. You could. But you also could say, do not be going home 
you know, trying to throw it in the, in their face, depending on what type of child you have, sometimes you got to talk to them about being humble. Let me just put it in that context. You got to talk to them about humble. You ain't got to discuss everything and do not be going there. But you, but again, as a man, you are setting a tone. You're being a leader. You're teaching your child how to behave, how to be in community and in family. And so what I'm saying is, I just don't right. think, I think in the situation, I think when we talk about in totality, should men be providing for the whole community. I think that is definitely a, 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 a criteria and a quality that men should have. I don't think you should ever want, want kids to go. It's never a time that I brought one kid food and I didn't buy them all food. I just, that's just not how I live. But the reality of the situation is when I look at this situation and the way it was handled, he was, I don't think he came there with malicious intent. He was confused. Like, what do you, well, send him out, like, like had you handled it a different way, right? Instead of trying to throw that man on the bus and make him seem like he was just this bad person, I think he would have. I think he would have stepped up in a different manner. I think you're he, not getting he, any. You're not going to get a argument out of me. I, I don't. I literally know that the way in which the whole situation was handled, going to the internet and all that, which I think is stupid shit anyway. People thinking that they go to the internet and somehow that's going to help fix the issue. It's not. So I I understand that. I am saying though. To beat all the kids. Because, because what it to your point, the dialogue that has come up is I take care of mine, 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 mine. And I'm saying that that. But I don't think that's what nobody, I think most. Oh, no, there's people that's saying. I think most people are saying it's a con gesture and he should do it and I would do it. But that man is really not obligated. And that's what everybody is saying. Is most people saying that they would bring food for the kid and this and that. But no, in reality, I saw people say, that I don't have to do anything for nobody else's kids. And I, what I'm trying to say is that there needs to be more leaning towards, yeah, he should have fed the kids. Because what happens is that when we provide that opening for mine, 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 and we give life to that, it starts to be like a cancer in our community. And I'm, I'm suggesting that more of our men, I appreciate again, Fathers Alive in the Hood, for putting that statement on their page to say, if you can't, maybe you can't buy McDonald's for everybody, then you bring a few groceries. Not even just for her, they was being funny, but for her and her man, that's, that's going too far. But I'm just saying, the point is, as a man, as a man, we need to set the message in the community and in the world that if your child is part of a community of kids that you already knew also, that were there before your child. I don't think that's just as a man. I think that's everybody. Well, I know my son. Guess what? Here's the deal. It is everybody. But there's a very rare circumstance. But wait a minute. There's very rare circumstances where a man has children that he has in his house, all his children by his different baby mamas or by his two baby mothers or whatever. And the mother has to come there to bring something. Usually, probably 99% of the time, it's the other way around. She's the vessel who brings forth the children. They open with her. And so it is a man, right, that is coming to take care of his child. So I'm saying that. I'm just saying it's very, very, yeah, everybody. This, this is a universal conversation. That's and it's it. not just about, it's not just about these children in this house. When you go to school. You don't bring your child pizza. You bring all the kids pizza, right? Mm -hmm. You don't come. You don't come with one cupcake for your child for the birthday party. You bring.
bring all the children cupcakes. You go over to cousin's house and they spending the night and you bring in something for your kid. What, what, do, what did your mother do? I know when I was a kid, when I had to go stay over my auntie's house while they went to the event, so they did whatever. Sorry. Or, or, or at the babysitter's when I was going to the babysitter, my mother, when she was like, let me give you some apple slices. She said, oh, and how many kids Miss Pat got down there? Let me cut up some more apple slices to make sure everybody can get some. Yeah, this is true. So that's my point. But anyway, we should get into our next guest because this is going to be a long ass show. So we're bringing up um, the sister of, uh, of Brittany Griner. This week we held a prayer vigil in Brittany's honor that included rabbis, it included non-denominational folks, it included white folks, black folks, brown folks, Asian folks, women, men, everybody was there uh, to support and to pray outside of the Russian consulate for our sister Brittany Griner. Trial starts today, uh, today's July 1st, but this show will uh, obviously uh, air afterwards. Uh, and we're praying for her, praying for her mind. We know that the court has a 99% uh, a conviction rate, which means it's kangaroo court. You show up in court and they've already determined what's going to happen to you. But we hope she makes it in the 1%. Are you all about the NBA action? you got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nissan has a car for everyone, and that means every driver who wants more. Whatever your more is, more freedom, more head-turning style, more exhilaration, Nissan has it. 
Get more exhilaration behind the wheel of the Nissan Z, the sports car built to deliver the most thrilling drive ever. Make more moves with the Nissan Rogue that can switch between power and fuel efficiency at the press of a pedal. If you're craving more adventures with your crew, try the Nissan Pathfinder, the vehicle with muscle to help you handle the journey. Want more of a rush with your drive? Zip around in the agile and stylish Nissan Sentra. And for the drive that's positively more electric, the Nissan Aria has the perfect combination of raw power and refined luxury. When you want more of what makes driving exciting, from sports cars and sedans to EVs, pickups, and crossovers, you can rely on Nissan, because more is all we do. Get the endless excitement and more you've been looking for. Check out Nissan's amazing lineup. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 2023 EPA Fuel Economy Estimates. 30 City MPG. 37 Highway MPG. 33 Combined MPG for Rogue S and SV Front Wheel Drive. 28 City MPG. 35 Highway MPG. 31 Combined MPG for Rogue S and SV All Wheel Drive. 29 City MPG. 36 Highway MPG. 32 Combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum Front Wheel Drive. 28 City MPG. 34 Highway MPG. 31 combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum all-wheel drive. Actual mileage may vary with driving conditions. Use for comparison only. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. That's how we own it! So we're joined by the close friend, childhood friend, uh, even they call one another sisters, uh, Janelle Roy, uh, who heard from Brittany Griner on the same day that she was being detained at a Russian airport. Um, Janelle, thank you so much for joining Street Politicians today. We had an opportunity to be with you this week. Such a beautiful person. And we just are, you know, um, are, are glad that you're able to be with us, but sorry that it's under such difficult circumstances. I, um, I just appreciate y'all. You know, it's, it's such amazing to stand with such powerful people who, have our support who's showing love, you know, because it's hard to bring people out, right? It's hard to get people to understand what's happening and what's going on, especially when it's not their loved ones. Some people don't understand that when it's not their family and it's not their daughter, their nieces, their nephews, people don't understand the impact that it has on people's lives and family and their livelihood and, you know, their mental state. And, you know, like we was just talking about it earlier, you sit here and you think about how you have to listen and, and look at things in, in the media and find out so much through the media that Nobody ever tells you. Just a little while ago, you know, during the war, they just got hit with two different missiles that killed approximately, I believe, about 27 people. Um, I don't know, of course, the whole statistics behind it, but I know that people were uh, people were impacted, people were injured, and people were um, dying because of it. You know, and you don't know how far away that is from my sister's my sister's jail. Um, is she okay? Is she impacted? Was she affected? Was any of that thing, you know, was any of that happening? And people don't understand the impact of those things because it's not them. People, so many people are so quick to judge and have their opinions about things. 
you know, so for y'all to stand behind uh, my family and the support, it's it's been it's been amazing. I, I couldn't ask for anything other. Y'all y'all have been a blessing to us. Well, it's you know, um, unfortunately, we have to be a blessing, right? It's unfortunate that we have to meet such beautiful people like yourself with the level of energy like yourself in situations like this. You know, I know today is the first day of the trial, you know, and I know that it has to be a lot on the family and yourself. Like what, what, what emotions are you having right now based on this trial? Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a struggle, right? Because you, you literally are sitting and you're watching the anticipation of, you don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know what's going to get said. Um, it's different when the United States and when you're on American soil, you have the phone calls, right? You have the contacts and you have the connections to where you're like, yo, is this happening? What's, what's going on? What's the next step? But the unfortunate lack of communication that we've had, we have to sit in front of a TV and you have to sit almost feeling numb of, I have to pray for the best and hope that you know the worst has already happened so you're just sitting in front of a tv screen pretty much watching like everybody else um and unfortunately sometimes you know it's like people are like are you are you good do you know anything you know it's sad to say that that's my own sister my best friend and i tell people like no i don't know nothing i, I don't know what's gonna happen i'm gonna watch the tv like you do so it's news to every all of us at the same time so let me be clear no one has had any communication with britney since she's been locked up no not, pretty not, much not verbal but she did write a few letters when they allowed yes okay. yes i was gonna say yes the letters the letters they have allowed um so we have talked to her through the letters but through the verbal of course like with my sister-in-law situation um the ball was dropped unfortunately um with the phone call so she she wasn't allowed to make that phone call and that's such the difference right on, on american soil you're allowed to make the phone calls you know so you can at least talk to the person to understand because I mean, it is what it is, right? But you can talk to somebody if you know somebody long enough to say, hey, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And you can almost, you, you can tell through their voice and the emotions of how that person is doing. And sometimes that's all it takes is just a phone call to even make a person feel some type of humane to say, all right, there is life outside of this. So can you tell us what happened with the phone call? Like what, what happened with the phone call that you're supposed to make? Um, so for me, um, it was my sister's anniversary and pretty much what happened was, um, and this is obviously, it wasn't to me, so I'm, I'm responding on behalf of my sister-in-law, but when I spoke to her, she kind of, you know, she broke down, she had a breakdown moment, which of course, as she should respectfully, um, and that's why I wanted to call her to make sure that she was good. So pretty much what happened was they scheduled a phone call um, weeks, at least a week in advance, maybe a couple of days, approximately. And what happened was a phone call was supposed to come in um, for their anniversary. They scheduled, their, they scheduled the phone call on a Saturday, which it was supposed to be already scheduled. It should, have, it should have had somebody there at the U.S. Embassy. So what happened was is the Russians came in and they allowed my sister to make 11 calls. They actually brought her in, which where they have to bring her from the jail to where the call is, is about an hour to two hours approximately. So they have to travel with her all the way there to make the phone call. Um, she made the phone call that morning, that out, several that morning, several that afternoon. The number that was given to my sister to make was a Monday through Friday phone call, pretty much, um, at the United States Embassy. 
They didn't give her a phone call that was a 24-hour line or a weekend line for unknown reasons. I don't know why or how the ball got dropped on that side. Um, but they came back and the attorney said, hey, listen, they showed my sister, I'm sorry, my sister-in-law, they showed Sherelle the call log and they said, hey, BG was able to make the call. So Sherelle sat that Saturday, like literally waiting on the phone call to happen at 10, 11 o'clock and just sat by her phone the entire time. And she's like, hey, I haven't gotten a phone call. Like I thought we scheduled this days ago. Where's the phone call not coming in? And the attorney said, listen, she's already called you. She's called you 11 times. And she was like, how has she called me 11 times? I ha I have got I've gotten nothing. So the communication started coming in and they pretty much said that on the, um, on our side, there was nobody working. Um, nobody was working that Saturday. We don't know why. Um, that really hasn't been answered to my sister-in-law as to why the ball got dropped or why they even allowed her to schedule a call on a Saturday and give, give them a Monday through Friday phone number. Um, so pretty much nobody answered because there was nobody working. Yeah, and that was, and this is four months later that they have not yes. had a verbal conversation. And, you know, yes. and I, I agree with you um, with what you said that letters are important, but a phone call helps people to really feel like they are, um, you know, able to hear a, a, a familiar sound, right? right. Soothing. Writing letters only feels like solitary confinement. I mean, that yes. that is, you know, that's how it feels. I'm not saying that that's her condition. I'm just saying right. it feels like so because in solitary confinement, all you can do is basically write some letters. And yeah. what we know is that um, there is no law, because I went to look it up. I went to see whether or not Russia has like a rule or a law in place that says they have to allow right. uh, a phone I mean, of, of letters to be written. They actually don't. So, right. you know, whatever the attorneys are doing and, and the negotiations that's happening, at least to the extent that it is, um, you know, to, the, to this extent, it's working that they would even allow her to be in communication where she can write letters, um, you know, right. to her wife. And so I have to say, you know, that's a good thing. So now, yes. you, you let's go back to the day that, Brittany was arrested because she was in communication with you throughout different times, maybe on the flight from the U.S. And, you know, so yes. she was talking to you. So tell us about those messages and, and what happened at the end. Um, so we were in communication and we even FaceTimed each other for a little bit. Um, she had went to go see her wife. She had came in um, because, of course, my sister plays for the Russian, the Russian League um, um, out there or whatever. So when I remember when she called, she goes, hey, sis, what's good? I just want to give you a call. Um, I'm getting ready to fly back. I knew she had went to go see Sherelle. Um, so she was coming back. Of course, she was, you know, flying around and stuff like that. Left Phoenix, went to New York, and I had FaceTimed her in New York. And I was like, yo, I love you. Have a good flight. Because that's typically the long flights where I don't talk to her for like 12, 13 hours. Um, and sometimes me being a big sister, right, I'm like, yo, you have to call me, you have to text me, get Wi-Fi. I'm like, yo, I'll pay for Wi-Fi for the, <laughs> for the plane. Like, you got to get Wi-Fi so I can text you. Um, I remember waking up that morning, and it was 826, uh, February 17th. She texts me um, to let me know that she was in a little bit of trouble. She goes, hey, I'm, I didn't get a text you as soon as I landed. I called Sherelle, but... Um, I'm probably, you know, some stuff happened at TSA. I can't say much. Um, 
some stuff happened at TSA. I love you. So my heart kind of went down. I'm like, it's 826. What's happening? Um, we did stay in communication. I'm assuming for what they allowed her to keep her phone because she was allowed to text me a little bit. But I know between me, um, her agent, and her wife, we were all, between us three, uh, she told me that she was in constant communication with all of us. So she just sporadically would text um, and say, hey, I love you. And I'm like, where are you at? Have you landed? I'm like, do I need to come fly to you? I even asked her one of the text messages. I said, yo, I'll buy a flight right now. I don't care the price. I will come help you. Um, or I'll come you know, talk to you or sit with you or whatever. And she goes, no, I'm already in Russia. And I'm at the police station now. She was like, I still can't say much. But mind you, our conversations were so spread out. So they were like maybe an hour in between. So my text messages, I'm still like, sister, you okay? Sister, you okay? And I'm just getting no response. So when she sends me a little response, I'm getting hope. I'm like, okay, my sister's not in that much trouble because she still has her phone. Um, and then between 826 and 155 was the last text message I got. And that's when she pretty much was like, sis, I love you. And I'm like, what happened? And that was what I said. I'm like, what happened? 30 minutes after that, I asked her, I'm like, are you okay? I'm like, sis, where are you at? And then that's pretty much when I got the last thing and she pretty much told me that she loved me. Um, and that broke me, right? Because the next phone call that I got was the attorneys and Sherelle calling me and Sherelle's like, hey, they took BG's phone for good. And I'm like, what are you, I'm talking to Sherelle on the phone. I'm like, what do you mean they took her phone for good? They was like, she was detained. Now they've officially arrested her. So from that time at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning to about two o'clock, two, two, three o'clock our time, of course, um, is when the entire situation took place. Mm -hmm. And then after Sherelle called me and was like, she's not going to text you anymore. You know, and, you, know, you know, the crazy part about this for me, right? Is like, this is, BG is arguably one of the best basketball players in the world. Um, and both of these countries have utilized that skill set, right? They've utilized, they benefited from it. You know, she's played in the USA team. She's played in the yep. Russian league. And both of these teams have utilized that. And for them not to see the necessity in, in allowing this woman to be free, especially at this in this moment, in this situation, you know, and, and to handle it as if she was somebody that has they both benefited from. It's really just disheartening to me. It's really disheartening yeah. that black women have to deal with these things. I, I just feel like even in the league, even just the, the outcry is not loud enough for me. You know, if you know she's one of the best players in the WNBA, and if one of the best players in the NBA, this would happen to it would be a far louder cry. There would be way more people speaking up on behalf, not just sporadically. There would be an organized attempt to make something known. And the fact yeah. that that's not happened, it really bothers me. You know, yeah. how, did, how do you feel about that? Um, it, just like you said, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth, right? Is this part, you know, my sister being uh, an Olympic player, playing for the United States and as women, right? My sister only goes overseas because of the salary, Absolutely. right? She goes overseas because that is her income. That is her means of living. And that's how, you know, she has to maintain, mm -hmm. you know, this is not, and as a, as a previous ball player, I can speak on, you know, 
she's not going over there because she just enjoys it and that's what she wants to do. She's going over there because that is her livelihood, that is her career, and that's how she makes money. Um, and unfortunately, you know, she doesn't make the same money like that here playing in the United States. So then what do you have to do? But it's also the passion and the love for the game. But for her as a, as a human being, as a woman, you're playing for two countries who put you on this pedestal, but yet when something happens, is it reciprocated? Do we have you back the way that you've been having ours and the way that you represented our country? Because at the end of the day, as a basketball player, she's representing both countries. Mm -hmm. You know, she's representing when she goes overseas and then she 100% represents while she's here with us on American soil. Um, so, you know, disheartening is, is, the, is the perfect word for it because yeah, you sit yeah. back and say I was again. Say, we were talking about this already earlier in the show, uh, talking about, I think they, is it like $20,000 or something like that is the salary? Well, for women, they have a cap. It's approximately, I think they gave them a little bit of an increase, but I think for the women right now, the cap is like at 200. Okay, so um, at 200, right. I, I'm sorry, I said the wrong number. I didn't mean to say 20,000. <laughs> it's 200,000, excuse yes. me. So $200,000 is all you can make in the US as a WNBA yes. player. Yes. I mean, and the, and the NBA players, some of them are making so much money it, they can't even count. It just, yeah. I mean, it, it there's you a average, you got average basketball players, like average basketball players, right. make five and six million dollars a year in the NBA. Right. Average. And oh, absolutely. And it's, it's, yeah, and it's no disrespect. It's no disrespect to anybody, oh. you know, for the league, for the legos. Um, but there's people um, for the NBA who sit on the bench, you know, that's, that's 13th man that probably won't play, you know, for another three or four seasons and they get paid millions of dollars, you know, and it's funny because me and my sister, um, a couple of months ago, obviously before she got arrested, we actually had the conversation we were laughing about. And I'm like, yo, you still think about going to the NBA? I'm like, yo, you should just do it. Like go to the NBA at least one year. Right. Because a, a couple of years ago, you know, when she first got, um, in the league, they were talking about, you know, she'll be the first woman in the NBA. Like, we'll pick her up. And I'm like, yo, at this point, I'm like, you should have just did it. Like, you should have just did it, made the accolade. You know, and then now you think about it and you like, if she was in the NBA, would this still make a difference? You know? Would, I mean, the salary you know, cap thing is a political issue, yeah. right? It's a political yeah. issue. I had a conversation yesterday with Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, where we were talking about, you know, she's obviously been very supportive of uh, BG yes. as well. She held a demonstration in Texas um, and yes. has also uh, pushing the administration, making sure the State Department doesn't forget about uh, Brittany. And so she's doing that work. And she and I were speaking about this whole situation yesterday. And a part of it, again, comes back to the fact that Brittany even had to go to Russia in the first place. And as you yes. said, it is an, it's an economic situation and therefore, we have to talk about in the midst of all of this, and I can't wait until Brittany is free so she can come home and be a part of the discussion about how there is the pay gap disparity that we speak about all the time in other industries is right before our faces, right, right here in sports, that you have two different um, uh, leagues, if you will, but both of them make major money for, for other people. See, I yeah. want to speak for white folks, 
but I don't want to get y'all, you know, you in <laughs> and have Sherelle upset with me. But the truth <laughs> is, no, for real, because the owners of these teams, for the most part, for the most part, I know there's a few here and there, but if, you know, in the, in basketball, the owners of these teams, they're a bunch of white people, and they're making millions and millions, billions of dollars. Yeah. utilizing black and brown bodies largely knowing that people have to fly back and forth to your point and i want to know where are the owners right forget about the players we put so much responsibility which i still feel carmelo lebron and all these guys i'm getting right i thought to myself last night i need to call Kyrie because Kyrie is our he's our friend Right. And we yeah. call him and ask him and make sure that he feels engaged because some people don't know what they should do or not to do. They don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. But, so I want to call him because I know that he will support. But that's a lot of pressure on players who are already oh, without a doubt. On issue. The people that we need to be challenging is where are the owners of these different teams and yeah. what is your position on this? Because you're the one that has the power to make the phone calls. You might have a Russian friend you play golf with at your country club who flies back and forth doing business in the U.S. Perhaps you should call that person and see if they have a direct line to be able to contact the folks over in Russia. People need to go to work on this. And this, and this, yeah. and I keep hearing this thing. Someone said to me the other day, a very powerful black woman said to me. Well, they are working on it. It's just that they can't tell you anything. Okay, maybe that's true. But all I know is I now have done some research on the Trevor Reed situation. And yes, right. it was a longer time and it was all of that. I get it. But there was it was very clear that there was work being done to try to negotiate on his behalf. There are stories out there where there's more being said than just um uh, in priority no they're getting into the details yeah. of how they're working on it the, yes. all of this is I, I don't understand why not for for Brittany Griner I don't you know and, and I agree with you that's the same um thing that me and my sister I was just talking about and she discussed it uh the other day when she had an interview with CNN where's the action being shown you know, there's a there's a complete difference of we can continue to talk about something every day, right? But when you show me something on paper, when you show me something in hand, oh, it makes a big difference. It's just like the phone call, right? Writing and talking. Well, you can talk or do. Those right. are, those are the two things. Um, and that's why we said, you know, that's that's always the biggest push for us is that's the only thing that we're asking for. If you are you showing me something or are you just telling me what I want to hear? Well, especially as women, we go through so much every day that we have to battle a man's world, right? Sometimes. So if you show me something and say, hey, this is what we're doing or this is what we're working on. Okay, respect. We get it. Now, okay, I see where this is going. I see that we're moving in a forward direction. But it's like, especially as a woman, it's almost like you're telling, you're telling me what I want to hear so I can shut up and sit down. Mm, well, I mean, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak with Sherelle on a number of occasions. And with, and this is a very poised woman who, um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that, well, no, I'm not, because Black women are just what we are, Black people. And I'm not going to just, because Black men also have to just deal with extreme circumstances all the time and still show up and still speak 
you know, well and and present well and try to keep everybody else calm and all of that, right? Because I called her lit, like what? Who, what? <laughs> and she's like, this is, and so she's unable to share every little bit of what she's pieced together because this is a very sensitive issue. But I can yeah. tell, and she has said to me very clearly, I don't have a lot of faith. I don't have mm -hmm. a lot of faith that people are working as hard for my wife as they should be. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think that, I don't think if I'm, if I'm President Biden and I'm getting my briefing, right? And I'm, and I'm Kamala Harris, uh, Vice President Harris, and we're getting a briefing and Brittany Griner comes up, knowing these two individuals and being around them for many years, it's compassion there. I'm sure they're like, this is horrible. What do right. we do? But I also know that when the politics get in the room, when all the other individuals come in and they're like, yeah, but we're dealing with the war and we got this going on and we this, that, and the third and blah, blah, blah. It can push further their action to match their compassion. And that's why we, as the citizens of this country, have to be vocal so that they will say, oh, that's right. I forgot. We can't forget Brittany. You know, we can't forget Brittany. Sorry, my son, I'm just running my mouth, but no, you, you, you know, I'm very passionate about this situation. Yeah. You know, no, and I was going to say, you know, you hit the, the nail on the head with that. And that's, that's the biggest thing for us and my family is I don't want my sister to be forgotten for everything that she has done um, for this country, um, for these teams, for both countries. You know, she's won multiple championships also uh, with the Russian team. You know, and that's the biggest thing for us is we don't want my sister to be forgotten under no circumstance. Mm. Mm. You're right. And um, I, I don't think it's, it's even humane for her to be forgotten. I think, you know, this situation requires all hands on deck. Mm. You know, I, I just, it, it really bothers me that we hear that something is going, supposedly be going on, and nobody knows what it is, right? Nobody mm -hmm. knows what a negotiation looks like, what anything. And, and, and for the first time, her family, her wife, her friends are only gonna learn actually what happened really is going on just watching the trial, right? Mm -hmm. This is the only way that you, you, we are being informed. And I think, you know, there needs to be more steps. I think, you know, from the beginning, the, the, the strategy that everybody had for me was just wrong. You know, I understood to a certain degree, but I think that not making it seem like this was a priority and then allowing it to continuously get to this place. Now I've heard now that regardless of whatever is going on, there's another six months at least that she has to wait to, to come home or if, if that's even going to happen. So I'm just so confused. You know, yeah, I mean, so but they'll say they'll say, I'm sorry, look, we don't we took over the interview with each other. But but they'll say that we're into the process and that negotiations, especially in a high tension situation, because obviously we cannot, first of all, we do know we're we're very uh brilliant people who have been able to organize lots of things we read, we understand. So we do know. Yeah that when there's a war happening, it makes it more politically complicated to be able to negotiate someone. Brittany, she's, she is in this situation at the wrong time. We all, yes, we all understand that. We get that. Yeah. What they will say is that 
the negotiations that's happening, especially in light of the tension, is it, it creates a situation where they can't talk about any of it. I, the, our administration, any administration, they have a bully pulpit, right? Yeah. Where they can keep the people in the people's um, interests. They can speak about, at least say her name. Have you ever even heard President Biden or Vice President Harris at a, in any situation say, we also you know, are thinking of our sister, Brittany Griner, has it been, have you seen, I'm asking you, have you seen anything, any, any, any letters written or anything? So I, I personally have not. And I know my sister-in-law from what we've discussed and what we've talked about here and there. Um, I know she's probably had one person that reached out to her uh, from the administration side, but it was more so towards her to say, hey, we're going to help you. Or we're going to try to work with you. Um, I don't remember exactly who that was, but I believe from what my sister-in-law told me, that was the only phone call that she had received from then since. And that was, that was, I believe, in the very beginning when it first got pushed out um, that she was arrested in Russia. Because if you remember for us, we had already knew that there was some type of situation that was going on before it had actually got exposed in the media. Mm. Um, so we were already trying to come together, obviously as a family to try to figure out, okay, what's the next steps. And that's kind of when the phone, that one phone call came through. But other than that, we, I believe, I know on my behalf, you know, um, on my sister-in-law's behalf, we talk very frequently. She hasn't told me anything of that nature. Everything that we've pretty much been told and exposed to has been through the attorneys from both parties, uh, from both administrations. And see, that's, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. My, that, that's what I'm talking about. I'm saying that some type of public uh, yeah. nod, right? I get it. They're working, they're meeting behind the scenes, but we know them. We know, we know mm -hmm. how politicians operate. They, if you don't, it's, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. That's just right. what it is. And, and yes. another thing is, a black woman, you can pay me money. You, there's no amount of money. You can give me a billion dollars right now to believe that people are waking up every day going hard for Britney like they would for LeBron. Hey, now you'd be speaking too much of the truth on that, right? Um, and that's why I said, unfortunately, it's just the way that our society is right now, right? But that's why we just spoke about it a little while ago. I said, I don't want my sister to be forgotten because we're pushed so much in the back burner that, you know, for society, she's not, let's not say, oh, she's not that important to, to deal with. But I guarantee you anybody else that meant something to them or somebody that was such this, this huge athlete or this huge person, right. oh, it would have never been forgotten. It would have never been pushed off the table. We would have been discussing this every single day. It would have been a political rapport. But because it's just my sister and it's just a woman and it's just this, it becomes so minute that people don't take it of as importance. It but yet be. she's done so much for the country. Mm. I think for me, like I, what I want to see, and you know, it's not calling anybody out. It's not to, you know, to um, throw anybody under the bus, but I would, lo I would love course. to see the, the superstars of the NBA and all the superstars of the WNBA come together collectively and make a statement to talk to the administration and say that this that that you know we we've given our lives for this country we put given blood sweat and tears for this country yes. run medals for this country we've done everything for this country and we and we want you to treat Brittany Griner like she did that 
We want yeah. on behalf of us that we we we're making a, a united front as a voice and stand up and speak to the administration, the president, and everybody to make it known that listen, we want Brittany Griner home. Yeah, you know, I agree. We want you to do whatever is necessary to, to make sure that Brittany Griner comes home. She shouldn't yeah. be no political pawn. She shouldn't be caught in between of this. Brittany Griner should be home at whatever cost it takes for her to come home. And I would yeah. just love to see that because that would show me. Because I, I we had a conversation yesterday about protecting Black women and Black men and all these things. And for me, that's what it looks like. It, it means yeah. having an uncomfortable situation, saying things that might not make you favorable to the to the higher ups or whatever it is because you know it's the right thing and i i agree with you and you know you make a good point right um much love to everything that the nba has done for my sister because i know during the playoffs and stuff like that they did you know they put my sister's initials and 42 and stuff like that and you know you had a lot of the big um nba players you had like cp went out and you know wore my sister's shirt and you know they they had the, the black shirts on that says you know, we are BG and much love to that and the support. And, you know, it's, it's definitely, definitely appreciated, you know, but, you know, like we were saying before, it almost is like, where do you put people in the position that if it was your brother, if it was your sister, how much would you actually do? Right. How, how much would you actually do? You and know, it is I, your sister. And that's what, that's yes, what I want us to yes. see. I want us to realize yes. that this is our sister. It ain't, this is not somebody that's, this is one of us. This is somebody that we exactly. celebrate the accolades. We look and we we love yep. everything. That she, so you have to, you have to celebrate her when it's not favorable, right? You got to be yep. able to promote, you got to do the things that it, it takes in uncomfortable times to fight for people. So that's, and it's you, definitely our sister. And I think, and I think that's hard for a lot of people. A lot of people don't like to be pushed out of their comfort zone, right? A lot of people are like, oh, okay, I don't know what to say. But if it was you, if it was your sister, your brother, what would you say at that point? Would you sit back and allow something like that to happen? Especially somebody so close to you? I can because say it could you know, have been you. Because a lot of these players go overseas, overseas and they play exactly. in Russia and they do all these things. Exactly. So it could have been you. And it could exactly. be you next time. Any yep. situation, this could be you. So you want yep. you want to be proactive. Not say we say this this work that we do. We see this all the time. There are mothers who grieve and who lose their child to police violence yep. to just regular violence. And, and and what we say is, unfortunately, you become a part of this club. And there are a lot of active mothers who, based on the reality that they something happened to their children, they were forced into being in this life. And uh -huh. we say all the time, don't wait until it's your child to That's be vocal, right? Don't, yep. don't wait till it's your child to be on the front lines and standing up because that that's not what it's going to take to prevent it right we want to be yep. in front of it we want to make sure that it doesn't happen to somebody else so we yep. need you yep. to make sure that before something happens to your child to be in the proactive mode yeah. and that's oh, what I'm saying right now. they got to be proactive yeah and i 100 agree with you it's, it's always we're always reactive and you know and then that's when you have to stand and you have families that is like, yo, this is happening to me now. I can't believe this is me. But guess what? You could have done something about it. You could have done right. something to prevent that. Right. But you fight in that you fight in preparation, yeah. right? And and hopefully as a preventative measure. And I think that I think that in this situation, and, and I know um, you know, we have to end this interview, we could sit here and talk all night. Yeah. Um, but I think in this situation. Again, while I want to see the same thing you said, my son, I hadn't even thought about that, that all the players coming together physically, 
physically getting together and making a statement for Britney, I think that would be extremely powerful. I think it's yeah. something we need to suggest. Um, I think it's something that can be orchestrated by individuals who have influence and power. And I think they have to take it seriously that it can't, if it, if it, the playoffs was, when was that? That was just, it was a month ago. Like, yeah, like a couple, yeah. Yeah. That means, so they, there's there's a refresher needed now, yeah. right? There's a refresher. Yeah. We can't let people forget. We need the influence of these big names. But what I will say is, again, we still need to lean in on those people who have power yep. and resources within. That's it. With, what, that's what will force them to do it. To be good. Resources. When, when, they no, see their, when they see their top players are saying, hey, we need this to get done. Like we not come to we not okay. Well, is there still a Russian NBA player? Isn't there a guy who's super tall that's from I'm Russia? Pretty sure, yeah. I, I don't know his I, last name, I'm but sure I, I believe so. Because I think as far as athletes, I just seen the other day the only I, I seen uh Roy Jones actually reached out to some people that he knew in Russia. I was like, yo, Roy Jones just came out of the blue, right? That's that's amazing, that's powerful, so much love and appreciated. Um, but he actually, I know, I heard that he reached out to some people in Russia that he knew to try to help out. Yeah. So that's what we need. Action, action. We need yeah. action. And sometimes it takes us, the agitators, you know, we get on everybody's nerves because we always got something to say. And we always tell about who needs to do what. People say, shut up. Like, why y'all always want But this is our job. And it doesn't get us liked. And nobody's going to invite us to uh, sit courtside at the games as a result of, of what we're saying. But we've sacrificed that. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Because somebody's got to push the envelope. And that's what we're here to do. We've made that commitment to Sherelle, to you. Um, and, and, you know, without speaking to Brittany, we're making that commitment to her that we're not going to let a week go by where, where yeah. she's not talked about where there's not some action when we did our prayer vigil the other day, there's several media stories now about a prayer vigil that took place outside of the Russian Russian consulate. And that was the goal. That was the goal. Right. We didn't go to the Russian consulate with the protest and, you know, the yelling and, and the things that we do, the chanting, if you will, we do that. We definitely do that. We do that well, but instead we went there with an interfaith group of yeah. clergy. So this is not, it was not just, you know, the black, pre the black preachers, which in its in and of itself is power. It was not. There was a rabbi there. There were non-denominational mm -hmm. folks there. There were white people who prayed, black people, brown people. And we all came together to pray, not just for Brittany, not just even for your, you, your family, but to pray for the minds and hearts of those individuals who have the power on the Russian side, that we're praying for you to move your spirit as well. And as uh, uh, Bishop Daughtry, 90 years old, still showing up and he came out for Brittany Griner, what he said in his prayer was so powerful. He said, do the compassionate thing. Do the right thing, lead with love. And that's what we hope happens for Brittany Griner. But I promise you one thing about it, and my son knows it. When I decide that I'm going to get involved in something, I will not shut up. I'm going to annoy you at least. At least, if nothing else, I will annoy you until the point <laughs> you feel like you got to do something because I'm annoying. And that's okay. So thank you, Jim. Listen, 
That's powerful. Thank you. I appreciate your support so, so much, you know, especially with us being able to talk and getting to stand with y'all. It's, it's been powerful for me. You know, it's, it's uplifting when you have such powerful people and strong people that you know that we're all in it for the same thing. There's no games. There's no gimmicks behind it. We're all in it for the, the right thing. So I appreciate, we appreciate you. you, man. We're here for you. I appreciate y'all so Thank much. You. Thank you. Thank y'all. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We all can't help but wonder what awaits us around the next corner. What new roads are left to be discovered? What adventures lie just over the next ridge? Push beyond your current limits and find out. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. Where the road leads you and even where the off-road makes a way to. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Whether the adventure is about the destination the journey itself, or both. Your SUV will match your tenacity mile after mile. And no matter how far you wander, you'll remain tethered to home without the need to connect to your phone. Along with Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Every one of Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. The world is waiting to be discovered. What are you waiting for? Learn more at NissanU usa.com Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.
first of all, Janelle and Sherelle, very, very um, kind, beautiful black women. Uh, you could tell these folks their whole their whole lot life, everything, everything about what they know has been disrupted, you know, by this situation. You have Sherelle who is working on um, passing the bar. You have Janelle who's taking care of her two babies. I mean, there's they, they, these folks are like going along with their regular life with their sister and wife who is a a superstar traveling the world and then boom, this happens. And you find out so much about the system. You can't get information, you know, phone calls need to happen on certain days. There's so much. And, I, and, 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 and when you think about it, because of the fact that they are, or that um, Brittany is a public figure, we're getting to see it and it's playing out in real time. But imagine how many people just right here in the USA are dealing with similar circumstances of being locked up, not knowing when they're going to court, not understanding how to operate, navigate in the system, listening to lawyers, trying to talk to your loved ones. It's really, incarceration is, is, is tough. It is very tough. And I know you know, um, but I just, I'm, my heart goes out because I can't imagine what it's like to have your loved one. Because I, like I said, the U.S. is rough. So imagine <laughs> you all the way in Russia. Yeah, it's, it's, it has to be. Um, just, I've been in prison with people who are Russians, right? Who actually were locked up in Russia. And they say that prison in America is a hundred times better than being in Russia, mm. right? So. And I can tell just by just the energy, just the way that they, they discipline things are just different, you know, and especially when you're not in the life of crime, when you're not somebody who's right. been around that, you know, you've been a star athlete your whole life and you've done things the right way. And then unfortunately you find yourself in a situation that puts you in one of the most dramatic and drastic situations ever you can even imagine, you know, so the level of trauma that she's dealing with, it's just unimaginable, man. I just, I'm just hoping that it gets fixed. You know, uh, my prayers go out to her wife and Janelle. I haven't had the pleasure of you know, meeting or speaking to Chanel, but just Janelle's wow. energy alone mm -hmm. is, is just beautiful, man. Just knowing, so when she, knowing that she had these type of people around her, just that gives you a, a understanding of who she is yeah yeah you know, that's she true. Has to, and, and just i love her as a basketball player love her spirit everything about her is just dope so you know I, my prayers definitely go out and I'm, I'm hoping that she get a speedy return you know one thing that uh we didn't get to discuss with janelle and i wish she was still here she said that you know they're concerned about who they will get back once mm. he is returned who they will get back because mentally we already know, we always talk about what incarceration does to the mind. Mm -hmm. Imagine what it does to you in Russia, again, unable to communicate with your family. We don't know what she'll be like when she returns. Um, and that is something that I hope that all the parties involved takes into consideration that we do not want this thing uh, that has happened to to damage this woman for the rest of her life. You know, it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And I don't think we as activists, organizers, leaders can allow our brethren 
who we love and we celebrate, but those individuals who play for the NBA, we can't allow them off the hook with this. We have to make sure that they get uncomfortable and that they are just as annoying as I talked about. And we got to stay on them. So from my perspective, I've already decided I'm going to be DMing on a daily basis. Every I'm DMing, texting, calling. We need help. We need help. And I know what happens is that their agents are going to tell them, oh, no, we, we heard it's being worked on. It's being worked on. But, but very similar to what uh, Congresswoman Lee said to me on yesterday, that Trevor Reed's family, they were in the street. They were on the phone. They were making it uncomfortable for the administration so that the administration would make it on, make themselves uncomfortable and exactly. get the work done. I don't, we've not seen, I asked, I asked attorney Crump about it the other day. I said, Hey, what do you really think the strategy is on Griner? Do you think that we should be out here, you know, and, and how loud do you think we should be? Out? And I, I, I do ask people, you know, you may not think so, but I ask every now people. and then I do. And he said, that he's never seen a situation where in, in this country, the silent ones got anything, mm. those who cry. And, you know, he reminded me of that quote where Frederick Douglass says, power conceived nothing without a demand. And that, and that, that pretty much grinds that up, man. No, no pun intended. Grinds it up, right? Yeah, you know, but um, shouts out to um, Janelle for coming on on our show and just the love the love that she has for her and, and her wife has for her is just different and that brings me to my um i don't get it right i was i post actually posted something on my page today from jazzy watch jazzy and um and she was just talking about her willingness to be quote unquote submissive. And I know it's like a negative connotation that's attached to it, but it was so profound in the fact, the way that she broke down what submissive was to her and how it, it brought her joy, right? And she was just explaining how catering to her man and doing all these things for her man made her happy. It brought her levels of joy. And what I didn't get was why that bothered somebody else. Right. Because how I love somebody or how somebody loves whatever that goes on with somebody in their relationship, I don't understand why that would bother other people. Right. Because if I get joy from loving my woman or this and that a certain way or I go to the movies, I like to watch the movies every day. And this is what I do. This is my happy place. Why would it bother somebody else? Why do why are people triggered? by what makes somebody else happy. And people are like, oh, she shouldn't do, why shouldn't, if this is what brings her joy, I don't think, I think what people miss in it, you know, when I, when I listened to it was the fact that she did it for her, right? It wasn't, yo, I'm doing it for him and he's using me and this and that. It's like being, and I, and I, and I used the example about a man who might spoil his woman and buy her a bunch of stuff, right? If you're buying that woman things because you want, sex from her or you want to make her feel a way about you that she doesn't already feel or you're not doing it genuinely because yo i like i thought about her and this would be nice for her 
I want to take her here because I enjoy her company and I, I want to spend time with her. If you're doing things because you, you're trying to do it for somebody else, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And I think that the way that she spoke about love, it was more pertaining to what made her. She said, my superpower is love. And she, and she made a quote that was so dope to me. She said, I can love a man back to health. Right. And, and that for me is, is so dynamic, right? Because in relationships, people say it's give and take. Sometimes it is give and take, but in relationships, sometimes it might be 80, 20. Some people might be able to provide 80 to somebody else's 20. That makes a hundred. Some people might provide 30 to somebody else's 70 and it makes a hundred, but that's the dynamic for those individuals. So what I don't get is why people are triggered by what makes somebody else happy. So do you think that 70-30 consistently is okay? Is If it's a dynamic for a relationship, what I'm trying to say no, is- I'm, just, it, I'm, I'm asking you, do you believe that at some point that 70-30 flips or they do have moments of 50-50? Do you think that it's okay for a person to give 70 all the time and the other person only gives 30 or 80-20? I'm just, I'm asking you, I'm not asking you if it's if, if I'm, 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 I'm going to answer the question, do you believe that it's OK? Like if you as a man. Right. And you're giving all the time. Right. Because when because in my last relationship, I didn't have the financial means to do the things that he was able to do for me. He could he put me on jets. He bought me diamonds things that I could not afford to do for him. So that would be an 80-20 shit. At some, time, some point, it might be a 90-10, right? Because I, I didn't have that money. I couldn't, if I wanted to go out to eat lobster every night, he could afford that. But if it was just me by myself, I couldn't afford that. So that would be a 90-10 that's consistent. But what I did do was found out what his favorite meal was and made sure that I cooked it. What I did do was find out like, what things does he need? How do I change the socks in the drawer every six months? Because this is a person that works out and I know that he needs that. What I did do was figure out what, how does he, does he like his Sunday to be, right? I made sure his newspapers got delivered. I made sure that on certain days he had the, the desserts and things that he liked. I kept myself together physically. I did not run around lying, cheating, and being abusive and doing things to him that hurt him, right? So that was my 90 back. And I think what triggers people, which they shouldn't, they should not be triggered in any way, shape, or form by somebody else's situation because I'm not, I'm not triggered by it at all. But what I will say is the triggering that is, that's coming up for most people is one, they've never learned how to love the way that she speaks. They never learned that, right? That's just not their situation. But the other piece I think that gets sort of left out is that a lot of people are triggered because they've never had anybody that deserved to be loved in that way. That the word submissive- but that's not, but that's, but that's, that's what I'm trying to explain to you. And I think when you listen to it, when I listen to it, right? It was her decision, right? to love that person. It wasn't- But, but you're not here. Listen to what I'm saying. Just no, but I, but I just need to be able to say this because I don't we can't, see we the can't. part. 
I know, but I just cannot just I, I'm I'm asking for the the uh opportunity today to cut you off, even though okay. you're doing way better, you're doing way better. But I don't know because I didn't listen to a, the full interview if she ever talks about her expectations, right? What I'm saying to you is that the way that the man that I was with show his love for me, right? Um was was and it's not just buying things he also was an experienced person wake up on a saturday morning let's do this today right this is the type of person that he was if i kept a nasty house cheated and lied all the time didn't do anything back to show him that he was special and he still I don't believe that he still would have continued to do this just because this is the type of person he is. I think that in every situation, it's give and take. You make somebody, you bring out of people a feeling that they want to keep going hard for you. You can't beat people down or mistreat them and or be nothing and then have the same expectation of them to keep showing up. I, I would love to hear that part of the discussion from her. If she would just- But I don't, I don't the thing is, this, what I'm her. trying to say is, right? And I hear what you're saying. And I think we, I think I see why you feel like women are triggered by the situation. But what I'm explaining to you is, right? When you lead a certain way, right? Like, it's like this. I got a friend. My friend never gave me nothing. He can't give me nothing, right? Boom, he, I know he's hungry. Yo, come on, come to my house. I feed you, I take care of you. I do all the shit for you, boom. I, I don't expect you to be able to do anything for me, right? I'm doing. I'm literally doing this because I see you as my friend. I don't know how you see me. I don't even know if you able, I don't even know if you're able to give me back the love that I can give. But, but, the, but my superpower is that I love a certain way. And if I call you, if I made the decision that you're my friend, you're going to get this love. And if you do shit that, that so fucks it up, but listen, but me, listen to what I'm, I'm saying. You. you can't keep cutting me off because we can't have a conversation sorry. that way. Sorry. Right? So what I'm trying to say is, as my friend, you won't get this love. And the minute that I feel like you don't deserve it, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be angry. I'm not none of this. I'm, I'm able to, to separate myself from the situation and move on because I didn't do anything for you. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't be me. I'm not being me for you. I'm being me for me, right? I'm gonna be the same friend to anybody that I call a friend. Now, if you right. fuck it, if you fuck that up, that's on you. It don't, it don't reflect me. I'm not stupid because I did shit that I that made me feel comfortable that I do for friends in my yeah. friendship. So what I'm trying to say is women, oh, but what is he doing? It don't matter. Whatever he's doing for me, if I call him my friend and I'm still doing it, it's enough for me. Right, he might not be doing shit. He might just make a phone call every day and check up on me. Yo, you good, my nigga? I just talk. That's all he might be doing, and that might be enough for me to give him everything that I want to give because that's what it, I require from him in my relationship. And but you I don't, go, oh. I don't disagree. I don't okay, disagree. So that's all I'm saying. Because, because I show up in all my friendships and relationships a certain way as a very giving person, right? I, I'm very, I'm always trying to help people figure things out. I'm always trying to set people up in the best situation possible based upon my um, uh, my access and whatever. I, so I don't disagree with you and I don't change, right? I remain the same, but I do understand people who are triggered and, and, and I, I understand family members of mine that will come to me and be like, you need to be careful. Like you give so much, you know, who gives to you? 
Are you, are you sure that you are invested in somebody that is invested in you? And I do have a criteria for being able to measure when I'm doing more than I should be. And that, I shouldn't bother some, somebody else being bothered about you being happy or, 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 or looking at a situation that you happy in and telling you that you shouldn't be happy in that is the most weirdest shit in the world to me. It's, it, it really doesn't make sense. It's it is the either weirdest. Nah, it's no. Weirdest. I want to say it this way: it it's is the most, most weird. It is the most weirdest shit in the world. Like, I what you eat don't make me shit. It's it's people in relation. It's just like when you look at Will and Jada, people want to tear those people down. Their relationship is has outlasted most of the people who talking about their relationship in any relationship they had twenty eight years. And if people was mad, oh, she's toxic. He's this. He should. Why that man don't think that about his woman? That man, he will he love her dirty drawers. And because it don't fit the criteria for what you call a relationship, you have you think that you should be angry about the fact that he loves this woman and they love each other how they love each other. And to me, I think that right there is just what what, what is detrimental in society. That people are so worried about other people and how they feel and how they feel about what they're doing. I don't give a damn about what somebody thinks about what I'm doing. It don't matter to me, you know? And, and, and it's just like, for me is listening to that woman, she found, she seemed like she was in joy, talking about whatever she was talking about. She looked like she was lighting up, she was happy. This is my superpower. And Pete, why would somebody want to criticize that or make her feel like she was wrong for loving how she loves? And that's just weird to me, but you know, I don't get it. Maybe somebody else would get it. And that's that. But with that said, you know, I'm not going to always be right. Tamika Mary's not going to always be wrong. And we're going to debate our ass off because we both think we're right. But we will both always, and I mean always, be authentic. Peace. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. That's how we own it! Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.